You're listening to Authentically Me, a podcast dedicated to activating the magic that is within us all through the power of authenticity, sharing, and transmuting with love. Here, you will find real-life experiences shared through the lens of everything is always serving. We are led through this journey by your host, Serena Rose. Serena is a ceremonialist who believes our life is just one big ceremony for our soul. Connect to your soul and enjoy the ceremony. Hello, Authentically Me Beauties. Thank you so much for being here. If you are a first-time listener and or a return listener, it just warms my heart to know you and to know that you are here receiving this medicine of authenticity. Thank you. I honor you. And I also have the deep pleasure and honor of having the beautiful Jasmine Rose on today. And I, I haven't called you Jazz before, but um, <laughs> would you like me to reference you as Jazz? Yeah, my close family and friends reference me as Jazz. I would love that. Awesome. So Jazz helps women turn pain into purpose passion and pleasure, which are all things that I pretty much fuck with. So I'm all about Jasmine. She's a rock star. We're going to learn a lot about her, her journey and who she is on this episode. And I'm so excited to share her with you. Um, Jazz, would you like to introduce yourself to my listeners and just say hi? Oh, yeah. Okay. So who am I? I am a transformation addict. I have this theory about life. You're going to be addicted to something. So I might as well be addicted to something that's enlivening. And for me, that is transformation. I say that I'm on a pursuit of becoming a pleasure addict, which makes sense. I am also a writer and I personally write about my journey, my journey through helping clients, and I also write for a woman named Lori Handlers. I do her social media. And one of her taglines is, pleasure is your birthright. So as I'm sharing with you that I am on a pursuit of becoming a pleasure addict, that all makes so much sense. Yeah. I'm also a leader, a mentor, a coach. I, Lori Handlers. I didn't know that you worked with her. That's so cool. Yeah. Can I share? I feel like I'm... Um, interjecting in the middle of my own my own intro um, but I would like to interrupt myself can I share with you how I ended up in this position working with her yeah definitely yeah so very early in my journey I was sitting in my bedroom binge listening to podcasts Um, it was Alexa Martinez's Kaleidoscope Radio podcast which no longer exists she has a new podcast now but um yeah, she was interviewing Laurie Handlers and tears were flowing from my face as I listened to Laurie talk about connection, um, connecting between two humans 
um, conscious sexuality, sex magic, and this like open heart, conscious loving and seeing sex as a sacred conduit of connecting with one another and connecting with spirit and manifesting our desires. And I was like pouring tears and thinking, this is what my soul has always known humanity is supposed to be. And there's this woman like who has the secrets. And, and then I started taking everything that Alexa and Lori Hendler's offered. I invested in myself till no end with these women. And yeah, at some point she came to me and told me she loved my writing so much that she wanted to hire me to do her social media. So I see this is a really beautiful story of, yeah, when I follow, when I see that, like, this is the thing and I don't know how any of it's going to work and I don't even know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to follow my soul. And this is where it's led me. Mm. Well, I imagine that not to to project, uh, but I know for myself that when I feel challenged by pursuing a path of pleasure, that it stems typically from some sort of pain that I once experienced. And whether it's my ego or a physiological response or, you know, just my mind getting in my own way, I imagine that it stems from some pain point that you may or may not have had. Um, And one of your things is turning pain into pleasure. One of your taglines is turning pain into pleasure, which is so beautiful. And so I'm wondering in what ways have you turned your pain into pleasure? And could you share with us about your journey with that? Mm. Magnificent question, Serena. Yeah. Yeah. I have turned my pain into pleasure. I feel like that is one of my superpowers. And well, I guess really that's how my entire journey began. I began from the space of I'm not good with emotions. I'm surrounded by dysfunctional relationships. And though I have A lot of people around me that love me, I feel so alone. And these are now my strongest qualities. These are my strengths. And what I find is, is where my pain lies in my, within my trauma, within my challenge, that those are actually the spaces that I'm supposed to dive deep into instead of run from. And And that that is where I find my power and that is where I find my magic. And I've done this with my relationships. I've done this with habits. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Could you pick one example of how you've turned pain into pleasure? How has that manifested itself as a part of your journey and become a part of your reality as it stands today? Ooh, yes. So for a really long time, I found great pain in my image. I had this story that I actually don't belong in this world because, because of what I look like, because of how I love to present myself. 
And I have a very overt, sexual, sensual energy. And I thought that that was something that I needed to crush out of me. And it brought me great pain. I really, I questioned if I was even human for a while. And through my journeying, through the work that I do, through doing daily inner work, I have discovered that it is this exact sensual, sexual freedom, being unapologetically me, that that's actually my magic to the world. And in embracing this more and more each day, it's a lifelong journey, right? Like I'm working on it more and more each day. Mm -hmm. Every day that I embrace this more, that I dig deeper, that I do more inner work on my own self, on loving myself more exactly how I am, not trying to change who I am, shedding away all of like the shoulds and the have tos and I can't do this. I'm not going to be accepted, shutting all of that shit away and owning really like who I am and the same who I am that used to torture my soul is a part of me that really is lighting me up. Yeah. And it brings me great pleasure. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing with us your personal journey with self-image. I have had similar experiences. Um, Well, I empathize with you is really what I'm trying to say. And I experience with you what I imagine so many humans have experienced with me. And it's making me laugh because I just think that you are so beautiful and vibrant and you know, your soul shines through who you are. I had the pleasure of meeting you in person for the first time. And, you know, another way that I know you is that you're the spiritual stripper, which is so exciting. And so I know that, you know, your body and your image and your beauty is more than likely entangled into those experiences that you once had um, as a stripper. And I just, I just think you're so beautiful. It's shocking to me (laughs) that you have had this journey with your self image. And I just love the reflection that's coming up because I have also struggled with my self image. And so many people have said these words to me and I'm like, Oh, this is how this feels. Okay, cool. So you know, thank you for that reflection and for just being so beautiful inside and out. And I'm curious, how did you go from being the the spiritual stripper or a stripper in general to where you are now in your spiritual journey and in transforming people's lives? Mm. Ooh. That's a really, really good question. Mm. Yeah. I found myself from the beginning, if I start from the beginning, there's, it's a quite a journey. I found myself in a space where I didn't feel connected to myself. I realized that I had been a mom since I was 14 
and I have been a daughter and I have been a wife and I have been a friend and yeah, I have been taking care of everyone else. And even though I had this strong outer image of rebel and independent woman, it was a mask. It was a very, very hard mask, but it was a mask. And I wanted nothing more than to be able to tune in. I heard coaches talking about like hearing and spiritual leaders talking about hearing your inner voice. And I didn't have an inner voice that I could hear. And I had a spiritual coach tell me that if I wanted to activate this, what she called an inner God or an inner spiritual GPS, my higher self is what I call it, that I would need to get really healthy. And I would need to get really conscious of what's going in my body. How do I feel when it goes in my body? And feeling good would need to become my number one priority. And that if I accepted this journey, that I would be on a path to activating an open channel to my inner voice. And that set me on this, what is now my new life. I have an entire new lifestyle. And that old version of me, I can look back now with so much ah, like gratitude and love and even, even almost like laughing at myself. It wasn't always like that though. In the beginning, it was like, oh my gosh, how do I get rid of this, this me that is just a mess? Now I see it as all, all bringing me to where I am. But yeah, that's what, what transitioned me was realizing that I couldn't hear my inner voice and that I was living for other people. Wow. That's so beautiful. I know that so many humans have those same desires to hear their inner voice. And I just love that part of your message and your share. And yeah. So do you find that I'm going to go back to um, your body image and your, your, your pain to your purpose there, if that's okay. Um, Do you feel like your personal experiences as, you know, a mom or a friend or, you know, your career or, you know, what, what brought you to the point of not having the confidence that you have now? Can you clarify when you mentioned about other people? Yeah, because you said that you were a mom and a friend and you took care of so many other people. And I just think that a lot of, I know I've had my own judgments surrounding, for example, stripping and that it is a job where people take care of other people, but it's also this whole other world of self-empowerment and some of the most confident women can do that as a job. And so I'm just trying to uh, stumble through my words and pinpoint exactly, you know, where on your journey did you realize 
like, oh, fuck, my self-image is not what I want it to be and decide that you are going to turn this pain into pleasure for yourself. Thank you for that clarifying response. That brought so much up for me. Okay, so when I was in the strip club, that's where I had my ultimate confidence. And it wasn't until I got married and I was no longer in the strip club anymore. And I realized that in the, what I called the real world or what I did call the real world back then. um, Yeah, it wasn't until I was immersed in this real world and I no longer had this underground world where I felt confident. I felt like a badass in that world. But in this other world, I had no confidence. I suddenly didn't even feel like I was a human. And what I realized was it's not that I was simply taking out of the safety of what I knew. It's that in that space, I could drink alcohol. I could um, take medications and different things that were wonderful. I was getting paid. The more fun that I was, the more money that I made, right? Um, And it also helped me not see that I actually don't have the confidence that being chemically altered and being naked in a pair of stilettos, that that's not true. I mean, that's wonderful and it's beautiful and it's fun sometimes, um, but it's not true confidence, right? Like true confidence is being able to be tired, dirty. Maybe my hair is a freaking mess. Maybe I kind of smell. Maybe I actually didn't take a shower for two days because whatever reason, do I need a reason? Um, And I can still feel confident because my confidence, my sexiness is an energy that comes from within. It's not a setting. It's not, uh, it's not any model of perfection. Yeah. And it certainly doesn't come in a bottle. Oh, if that if it did, that would be so nice. <laughs> I would definitely drink the Kool-Aid of that. Um, thank you for walking through that with me. I was really stumbling with my words there. Um, Cause I guess I, I have my own sensitivities to it, you know? And so I didn't want to project what I was feeling and what was coming up for me onto you and your experience. Um, and I so admire you and your willingness to show up in full sexual expression, whether, and that, that is partially how I see you, um, whether it's with messy hair or in stilettos, it doesn't matter really what the outer um, image is because I just see you as such a rock star and it's empowering. And I admire your ability to, to show up literally wearing like whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I remember when I met you, <laughs> you had this cute little like knitted top that was like barely covering you. And I was thinking to myself, holy shit, I want to wear that. You know, I was wanting so badly to wear it. And I didn't feel as confident as I do now. I feel now that I could wear it. Um, But in that moment, I was just admiring you. And so I'm still working on my ability to, in fairness, to wear whatever the fuck I want, wherever I want. Um, And so what empowers you to live so freely and to express so freely? What is your Kool-Aid, Jazz? Give it to me. (laughs) Okay. So this has been one of my superpowers my whole life. However, my Kool-Aid has 
transformed itself. Um, so in the past, I was able to give myself permission to do this from a space of fuck the world. Um, I really found a deep sense of joy and vindication, I think I would even call it, um, by shocking the world, being as shocking and naughty as possible, right? Whatever was like the, like playing on the darkest edge that would have people be like, oh my God, what is she doing? That is what like lit me up because I was angry at the world. And then I went through this period where I tried to, I thought that I had to dress a certain way to be spiritual. And then I realized that that was ridiculous, <laughs> that my spirituality is inside of me. And so what was my Kool-Aid now is trusting that when I am unapologetically me, when I simply do what lights me up and it does, it, it lights me up to be pretty much naked, if not fully naked, it lights me up to be naughty. It lights me up to create rules and then break them. And I continually remind myself on a daily basis. I journal about this. I consciously realign to the truth when I see myself going off into um, a sabotage pattern, right? Of trying to fit in or of perfection. I will constantly remind myself that I am actually my most beautiful, my most magnetic when I am being fully unapologetically me. And if that means wearing pasties on my boobs when everybody else is fully clothed, if that means running around in a pair of boots and nothing else, whatever that means, that that's what I owe to myself and to the world, that I'm actually doing the world a justice by me being unapologetically me. And the people who resist it or show that they don't like it, that those people simply aren't allowing themselves to embrace it. And that that's not about me and that I'm actually even helping them because I'm giving them the mess the permission slip that they could also Ooh, so powerful oh my goodness mm -hmm. digesting I'm digesting mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's amazing I love this I just yesterday got tickets to a local festival this summer and I'm going to wear pasties to this festival Ooh, yeah so everyone listening you can hold me accountable to this if you don't see a picture of my pasted nips <laughs> <laughs> if you need any recommendations serena i'm like pasty queen because i own a convertible and so this is like my summer thing is when i drive back and forth from new york to massachusetts i wear pasties and i go i do it topless so if you need any recommendations <laughs> Whoa, that is so <laughs> badass. Gosh, yeah. I don't even know what I would do if I saw such a beautiful queen <laughs> in a convertible riding down the road. I feel like it's medicine for the truckers. I do it for me, but I feel like it's medicine for the truckers too. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting because the more that I've been open and empowered and embodied and sharing my, some of these very vulnerable um, feelings and experiences, the more people reach out and say how empowered that they feel and how what I'm doing is medicine. And maybe that's all that they can muster is like, mm. hey, this is medicine. Um, but it is such powerful work. And so 
I really see you in that and I honor you in it. And I will get to continue my own journey with my own self-image and confidence and empowerment because as much as people see me on social media and stuff, I I honestly, I don't know if I could drive down the road in a convertible in Pacey's. I don't know. I don't know. I have never really thought about it. It's possible. Um, but that is some authentic confidence and that's awesome. Yeah. And don't we all have our space? I feel as you say that I'm realizing that though, when it comes to my body, I have that authentic confidence. However, put me in a social situation and (laughs) things get kind of sticky. Um, (laughs) where for others, it could be the complete opposite, right? Interesting. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. Um, So you speak a lot on your website about body image distortion, and I imagine that that may or may not tie into the things that we've already brought to the surface in this conversation. So I was wondering if you could speak to what that is for those who don't know, how that has shown up for you, and how you've shifted it personally. Mm. Yeah, I really link this to the transition into motherhood. However, I recognize that this is true for women who are not mothers of other humans also. For me, this grew from a place of having a child very young and my body was stretched and scarred in ways that were unimaginable to my teenage mind. And teenage boys aren't very nice, especially when I had almost elderly, elderly slash really significant um, post-mom body distortion. And that inspired some serious body dysmorphia in me where for years I would buy clothes that weren't the right size. And end result was that I, I was going to say looked, but still I noticed recently when I look in the mirror, I don't see a correct reflection. And I have done extensive work over this. Now there's times where I'm checking out my own ass. And when I look in the mirror, I see beautiful, which is very far from where I began. I began looking in the mirror and only seeing acne scars. Acne was also a big part of my journey as a teenager. And yeah, so around three years ago, when I began this work, I would look in the mirror, I would see acne scars. I would see myself very distorted. I never thought that I looked attractive. I only saw judgments, stretch marks, and things that were too wide. And through daily mirror work, daily journaling, Um, daily self-love practices, I, I apologize. I just had an interruption and my, my thoughts. Okay. Yes. So through daily self-love work, daily journaling, daily mirror work, I began reprogramming the eyes. So the eyes are connected to our brain, right? The eyes are actually a part of the brain. And our eyes can only focus on like, say one thing at a time. 
So I can't focus on how ugly I think I am if I'm focused on how beautiful I think I am. So through these various shamanic processes, inner work processes, I actually began to rewire my eyes in ways that are, I still find these things magical when I notice them. Um, and like, like sometimes I'll notice myself checking out my own ass in the mirror. It's like, whoa, my butt used to be one of my biggest insecurities and now I love it. Um, however, I do, it, it's right. It's a, um, a daily practice, right? And I always have space to grow and go deeper. It's one of my core wounds. So yeah, I'll always have space to go deeper in it. And I did notice recently people um, constantly are asking me, wow, you're fit, you work out. And it became very um, deep in my awareness that everyone else sees me as someone who's fit that works out. And I still see myself as needing to, to um, tone up a bit. So it's still a work in progress, but that is, that is the journey, right? It's always a work in progress. Yeah, it's not a linear path by any means. Um, mm. Thank you for sharing that beautiful story with us. I really, I can imagine what that must have felt like. Um, and I resonate very much with your story. And I'm sitting over here thinking, what are my core wounds? Is my own body image one of my core wounds because it very well could be, you know, I really resonate with all the things that mm. you're saying. And for me, this came from years of emotional abuse and being told that I was ugly or that I was fat or that I had a big nose or, you know, you name it. And so it wasn't necessarily body, um, dysmorphia by any means, but it was all mental. And so whether you're listening and, and whatever your experience is, whatever your past is, um, wherever you are on your journey with your self-image, what Jazz was talking about with reprogramming the mind and the eyes and what they're focusing on, that applies across the board. <laughs> Would you agree? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's really powerful what you just said. And I love that you're a mom and that's part of your story as well. And lately I have been, I'm not a mom. I have no plans right now to have children. However, I just think that parenting is so cool and it's such a fun part of spirituality and self-development and you know, you can be a conscious couple, but you can also be a conscious parent. And it's just this, this other layer to this beautiful experience of life, uh, a big layer. And I've been geeking out with my friends in the online world who are conscious and who are parents and the content they're putting out and the stories they're sharing. I'm just like, oh, this is so fun. This <laughs> is such good juice right now. And one of your posts recently really hit me and it was the masturbation conversation. Mm, that's one of my favorites. Um, not only my favorite posts, one of my favorite experiences as a conscious mom. <laughs> Um, so I would love to talk about that and dive into that. Um, it, you had me at this one line. It says, I arrived with coconut oil and towels. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> this is awesome. And I was curious, what did it feel like to be so present and so supportive and, and conscious with your son while having this conversation? And what does it feel like to be so open about sex with your child? Because it's so needed in our world. It's so needed. Okay. This one totally blows my mind because I have a 25 year old daughter and I avoided having any conversation at all. Like most parents is what I'm hearing. Most people didn't get this talk. Most parents are like, no, I haven't done it. I don't know what to say. And that was also me. And it's actually nothing like what I thought. I thought that it would be uncomfortable. I had all of these stories. And what I've found is, is that it feels very connecting and that it feels very comfortable. And the masturbation talk was our third talk. So this began as a noticing that I, someone who's very comfortable in their sexuality and someone who coaches people in sex and love, am avoiding the sex talk. And I thought, okay, well, I must come up with the best sex talk ever. And then the first talk, it was clear that this needed to go deeper, that there's so much around it. I mean, we can't just have sex, right? If we don't know how to process our emotions, well, sex is just going to trample all over us if we even get there. Um, there's all these things around it. Masturbation, if we don't have a healthy relationship with our own sexuality, how are we going to create that with other people? And so what was birthed out of this was a weekly sex talk. And the masturbation conversation was only our third talk. And in three weeks, Serena, there was no discomfort. So the first talk, I felt slightly uncomfortable and he was hiding his face and turning red periodically. The second talk, that still presented a bit. By the masturbation conversation, he sat on the couch with me. We felt very connected. Well, I can't speak for him, but it's appeared inside of my body. I felt very connected. And he maintained presence, didn't look away, never got embarrassed. And yeah, as he was, I, I knew something was amazing, like that was occurring between us when he walked up the stairs with the towels under one arm and the coconut oil under the other arm. And I said, you could just throw those hand towels on the counter outside of your bathroom door. And he said, no, no, I'll just put them on my nightstand. So they're right there when I need them. And he made full eye contact with me. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what does that feel like as a parent to amazingly, you've had two vastly different experiences. One experience is avoiding the conversation altogether. And the other is really grounding into the sex talk that we all never had. Um, so what does that feel like, that vast difference? You know, what do you notice? What I notice is a really strong awareness and remembrance that it is the exact conversations, experiences, actions that I want to avoid, that my mind tells me are scary. I don't know how people wouldn't want this. Those are actually the exact things that I need to do. That is the arrow pointing me in the direction to go in. Mm. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And for any parents that are listening that could benefit from hearing about your experience and can relate to 
your experience of feeling uncomfortable at first or wanting to avoid having the sex talk, you know, what is some advice and guidance to follow the arrow? What, what guidance would you give to these parents? What guidance I would give is to educate yourself because it is the exact things like, what didn't you get? What do you need? What is actually missing? What would you love from a partner that they're not doing? Those are the things that we need to teach our children. And this is where I pull from for my talks with my son. I'm not having the standard, these are condoms and it's not a standard sex talk. I'm having love and relationship and how to release your emotions, how to process your emotions. And I've thought back to what were things that people have said to me or that men have, my male clients have expressed to me that are their, their deep core wounds because of ways that they have been, I don't know if abused is the right word, but in, in situations in life, right? Like our insecurities are played on when other people are angry. Well, traumatized is what comes up for me. Yes. It's a vast experience. Yes. So as, as a man, my child is a 14 year old boy. As a man, I've heard from many of my clients, I have several male clients that they have insecurities about their cock because they've had times where it didn't work. And they have actually had women um, berate them for that. And then they have these insecurities that live in them. And I thought to myself, what if I just told my son that this could happen? One, that if I told him that, hey, I know it's working great now because you're 14, but just know that there may be some time in the future where you get nervous or whatever. You don't even need to know the reason where it might not work when you want it to work. And that's normal. And also there could be a time in the future where you piss off your girlfriend and she tells you that, that you're not good in bed or that, or that your cock is too small. And that's not true. Sometimes people say mean things when they're angry. Like what if someone had told you that? And so these are some of the things that I include in my sex talk. Ooh, it's all connected and powerful and stuff too, because, you know, what if I had parents that told me how beautiful I was every day, instead of telling me how ugly I was every day, (laughs) you know? So, wow. It's really amazing. Amazing, amazing work that you are doing. And I know that it is impactful for not just you know, those who hear it and bear witness to it, but, you know, for your son and for the many relationships and experiences that he will go out there and have now. And to be able to hold that space is just so incredible. You're making waves. um, And it feels really good to, to witness and to share with people. And I thank you so, so much for being such an inspiration to myself personally, and I know to so many other people, thank you so much. I received. Can I share one more piece on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is connected with my son and also with the work that I do is that I see the space of sex and love as an opening to inspire people to receive, to integrate in personal development. And so that is something that, that I see with my clients. I don't care so much that people like find their love or find the most epic sex. I do care about that, 
But what I care more is that they find what really lights them up, what really turns them on, what like who is your really unapologetic self. And I feel like that is the channel when I come through sex and love. And even with my son, like we do, um, I've purchased a male sexuality personal development program that, um, that we listen to together. And so for me, it's kind of this window also that yes, I want to set him up for being a very grounded sexual being. And also it's a beautiful window to get him to look at himself from a deeper space to remove those masks. Mm. Yeah, that's really powerful. Thank you again so much for being here and for people who are interested in being one of the very lucky clients that Jazz gets the opportunity to coach and direct and share her wisdom with, um, please visit the show notes of this episode. There will be links for you to connect with her and receive from her. And if you liked this episode, please take a moment and leave a review for Authentically Me podcast on iTunes, Spotify, whatever platform it is that you are listening in on. And thank you as well, my beautiful, lovely listeners, for being here, for receiving, and for being such an epic part of my journey, our journey, and the collective's journey. I honor you. Thank you for being here. It is an honor to share with each and every one of you authentically. Tune in and visit the website authenticallymeradio.com. You are exactly where you are supposed to be, doing exactly what you are supposed to be doing. And you are loved.